morning, Northwood. How are you today? Good to be with you. I'm Pastor Van. I'm the lead pastor here. In case you didn't know me, it's good to meet new people every Sunday of the of the month. It's so good that you've come. And so I believe that God's going to meet you here and, and that he's going to bless you and encourage you today uh, as we go through this series. We're in a, a series now that's called Red Letter Day, and it's all leading up towards Easter Sunday, which will be here before you know it. A big day for the church. How many of you know Easter Sunday is a big day for the church? Not only in the spirit, but as people come to visit. And so we're going to be sharing with you messages that... Uh, that explain the, some of the last five things that Jesus spoke on the cross. Very, very important. How many of you know that when you're on your deathbed, what you say is important and should be listened to? And so we're listening to the words of Jesus. And uh, last week we shared with you that Jesus was crucified and around the ninth hour, between the sixth and ninth hour, the whole earth became darkened. A supernatural occurrence and that was the point in time where Jesus became sin for us who knew, you know, he knew no sin. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God and, and uh, <clears throat> uttered the, the famous words found in the Psalms as a prophetic word. And then Jesus fulfilling the word when he said, my, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me, God? And we explained that and at the end, we explained to you that we need to fully understand that God is good, that God is for me, and that God is with me. How many of you, God's been with you this week, huh? Come on now, isn't that great? It's good to know that. And so, <clears throat> today we're just gonna continue that with another phrase of Jesus, but I just want you to understand uh, and, and keep before you continually, and we just sang about it, that Jesus paid a debt that he carried a cross for us. And when he did that, uh, it was not because of anything that he had done. It was because of who he was. And uh, he was mocked and beaten and, and taken into a kangaroo court and abused and betrayed and denied. And all these things happened to Jesus so that we might have life. And so we're going to pick it up in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 23, where Jesus is being crucified, and it says in the 32nd verse, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, with Jesus. And when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And you know, you, when you think about the perfect one being crucified, Jesus Christ, never did anything wrong to anyone, never said a cross word to anyone, never sinned, constantly doing good and healing people, but yet he was crucified as a common criminal. Now, I don't know about you, but I think my response to this injustice might, might be something like, Lord, kill him. Honestly, Lord, really, would you just come on? Come on, Father. I mean, they are messed up. Would you just do away with them? Or maybe we would pray like King David, you know, break their teeth and, and uh, cut off all my enemy and destroy everybody who's afflicted my soul. I mean, you know, just come down. And that may be our response. And maybe you've had that response in your life already. Thank you. One honest person out there said, yeah. Yeah, most of you do. You look real holy this morning, but most of you know that there's been some people that if you could have, you would have done whatever that you needed to do. 
But Jesus is a little different than us. He's different. And we pick up the, the verse 34. And Jesus is hanging on the cross. We understand this. And, and this is what he said. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Powerful words. When your hands are nailed to a cross and your feet are nailed to a cross and you have been beaten, abused, misunderstood and misused to utter these words here takes the power of God. And actually this was the fulfillment of, of prophecy. Many things in the Old Testament, the part of the Bible that was before Jesus came, have a lot to do with the New Testament after Jesus came. And they foretold things. And in Isaiah chapter 53, the prophet foretells a lot about Jesus. And one of the things he says there in, in the 53rd chapter in the 12th verse, he says he bore the sins of many and he makes intercession for the transgressors. Guess who the transgressors are? Say, right here. He interceded, which means that he, he stepped in between us and the wrath of God is what he did. He stepped in between us and God and he bridged the way for us. He interceded for the transgressors through the cross. The cross is the bridge that carries men to God. And there is no other bridge. Can't go around, can't fly over, can't climb down and then up the other side. You go across the bridge called Jesus. You know, these words here, Father, forgive them, it changed everything. The, the, the before Christ response to any kind of offense or anything that happened to you, the before Christ, the before Christ is this, you owe me and justice is mine. And Jesus really explained that to us in Matthew chapter five when, when he said this, he said, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, man. I mean, you know, you, you break my tooth out in a fight, I'm gonna break your tooth out. You gouge my out, your eye is mine. You cut off my hand, my, your hand is mine. I mean, whatever you do to me, I do to you. And then we're even. That was before Christ. We tend to think that way a lot nowadays. We really do. We tend to think that, you know what, you did it to me, I'll get you back. What goes around comes around. The table's turned. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. All these things have come from people who say, I'm going to get you. The after Christ response is totally different. The standard has changed. And Jesus says, God forgave me, so I'll forgive you. You see, it's all different. Matthew 5, 39, he says, but I say to you, he said, things are different. Anyone who slaps you on the right cheek, turn him the other also. We don't like that. Take that out of the Bible, Lord. <laughs> I'd rather the old way. I want the new, but I want the old too. I want my cake and eat it too. I want to break your teeth, but I want forgiveness. I want to do to others different than God has done to me. But the rule we live by is not do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's good. I like that. That's wonderful. Well, how about this? Do unto others as God has done unto you. Very, very excited about that. Matthew 6, 12, when the apostle said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray he taught him a lot of things about prayer. And within that prayer, he said this. He said, you need to pray that uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
In the same way, God, you forgive me, I'm forgiving others. But you could turn that around and say, God, in the same way that I forgive others, will you forgive me? It means to pardon, it means to cancel a debt. Man, you know how much fun it is when somebody cancels a debt on you? You owe them money. And even though you were paying your notes, somebody just walks up and says, oh, hey, let, we're gonna cancel that debt. We're gonna forgive. Many times it said, we're gonna forgive that debt. In other words, you didn't earn it. You should pay it. You owe it. You signed the contract. You said you would, but we're just gonna forgive that debt. Isn't that a great day? Man, you go around saying, they forgave my debt. Now I can go make more debt. <laughs> That's how we live. The cross, the, the cross, uh, <laughs> Shows us one thing for sure, that we're all sinners, that we all fall short. Romans 3, 23 says, everybody has sinned. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, we try to reach his standard. We all fall short of that. And that's why we need Jesus. But that is also why so many people are hurt. People are hurt because we can't keep the standard of God. People are abused. People are hurt. They're bitter. They're angry. They're full of pain and resentment. They're being eaten alive by offense. How many of you know that hurt people always end up hurting people? It is the way it is. Sometimes we try to fix it, but we can't always. Really what we need to do is not try to fix things. We need to learn how to forgive things. To just forgive the debt. Sooner or later, everybody's got to learn about forgiveness. And we've got to know about this thing. How do we process forgiveness? How, how do we do this thing? Well, I, I can give you a few pointers today. I wish that we could jump inside of you and live it, but you've got to live your own life. And you've got to bear your own cross. You've got to make a way, you see. First, you know, you need God's help. What's up with this thing where we think we can do everything? I'm amazed, you know, that we think we can fix everything. Jesus was teaching Peter one day, and in that he's taught us. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 21, Peter came to, to, to Jesus and he asked him, he said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Should I do it seven times? And, you know, that's really gallant for him to say that because that's pretty good. I gotta forgive somebody seven times? Really what Peter was saying was, I have it within myself to forgive people seven times. I can do that. I think that's my limit, seven. I can do that. I can forgive seven times. And Jesus, you would think he would pat him on the back and say, that's real good. But Jesus came and he said this. He said, no, 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 no. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. And what, what Jesus is teaching us there is that, you know, you may have within you the willpower, the stamina to forgive seven times, but I'm raising the bar here. The standards raised is 70 times seven. Really, it's infinite. You, you need my help to do this. There's got to be something greater than just you in order to bring this to pass. You've got to see Christians have to understand that there is a dependence upon God to do things that we cannot do by ourselves. There are some things that God tells you you can do by yourself, but there's other things that you cannot accomplish unless you have grace operating in your life. And so many people resist grace by saying, I can handle it myself. You need God's help. I'll tell you another thing is that the debtor can't always repay you. The person that offends you, when we talk about forgiveness, Father, forgive them, the person that's offended you can't always repay the debt. They just can't always repay. 
Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, Jesus is going into a parable here, which is a story, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, a spiritual meaning. And he says, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king or God who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who have borrowed money from him. That's us. We have a debt. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. And look at these three next words. He couldn't pay. There's some things that people just can't do. We want them to do it. We wish they could do it. We see other people doing it, but they just can't seem to do it. They can't pay, repay. My dad is no longer on this earth. And as I find out more and more about his life, I realize what a hard life he had, hard. Parents died early, poor, abused, misused, uneducated, unloved, never guided, no mentor, dysfunctional. I'm not dishonoring my dad. I'm just being honest with you and sharing something from my heart that may help you. Could not love because he never was loved. Could not be the dad that we all want. No picnics, no family meetings and conversation around the dinner table of how was your day and how's your grades and what's your vision for your life and let me coach you through that and none of the wonderful things that so many of us are experiencing now, especially you young parents who have learned so much about how to treat your kids. And so maybe within me, I realize now that I'm a grown up, I expected things. Now I see that, that I expected things that he in no way could pay. He couldn't do it. And I guess, you know, it affected me because I grew up not really feeling a whole lot. No conscience. And I guess if I looked at it, I might say, he couldn't pay. We all have debt. And we're not talking about mortgage and cars or you shopped too late on QVC with your credit card. <laughs> you know how it is. You're bored, so you buy that junk. I'm talking about sin and offense. I'm talking about sin against God. I'm talking about maybe you've got a person that you expected them to pay. And if they'll pay up, you might think about forgiving them. The debtor can't always pay. But the offended can always show mercy. The offended can always show mercy. In the 25th verse, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. Remember those words. Please be patient with me and I will repay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. He forgave his debt. You know, offense, it's, it's an amazing thing. Often those who offend, stay with me right here. They don't know they offended you. They're ignorant of it. 
We're all ignorant of certain things and we're all innocent of certain things. Happens every day in the little things. The coach benches your boy. You think he's the greatest, but the coach has been practicing him every week and he's really bad. <laughs> but you're gonna fight for him. The dance teacher puts your little girl on the back row on the end behind the curtain during the recital. <laughs> and you're so upset because you think she's the greatest, but she's clumsy. Like my mom used to say, clumsy as an ox. These are little things. You didn't get a Christmas card. You didn't get invited to the shower, the baby shower. Thank God you didn't. Jesus said this, he said, Father, forgive them, they're ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. The Apostle Paul echoed that in 1 Corinthians 2, 8 when he said, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, if they had, they would not. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Nobody in their right mind would have nailed God to a cross. Not even the worst ranked sinner would have done that, not if they would have known and the Romans didn't know and Lot didn't know and many didn't know what was going on. And so some people can't pay the debt. And that's why we need to offer mercy and show mercy to people. And then we need to know how to respond to this thing of forgiveness. I mean, we've got to get in this thing and move in this thing. We have to, we have to give, watch this. We have to give what we have received. We have to like pay it forward. We continue the story about the boss man forgiving the debt. But when the man left the king, he'd just been forgiven a large debt. He went out to his fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. The very thing that this man had just said to his master, who made the mercy flow, now this man says, be patient with me and I'll pay it. He pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could have been paid. And guess what happened? Some of the servants, the other servants saw this. And when they were, when they were seeing it, they were very upset and they went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven. He had forgiven. And he said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's why my heavenly father will do it to you. If you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart, not just I forgive, from the heart. And God sees the heart. And what God is teaching us here is, is that unless we forgive other people, something happens. There's an amazing thing that, that takes place when we, when we find ourselves in a place where we refuse to forgive. It, it, it's, it's a bondage that comes upon us. It, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. He wouldn't pay it forward. He, he was forgiven, but, but yet he, he wouldn't forgive this other man and he had him put in jail. And, and that's what happens to us. It's, it's sort of like, it, it's, it's just something that happens ever so, it, it's, why is it that it's so slow? Just 
you're just living and you're just going through this one thing. And, and it's like, it's, it's really, I mean, I'm just not going to forgive. And, and a lot of times there's anger there. And it, it's, it's, but then the anger goes away like. It, it, but, but just ever, ever so slowly, resentment comes in. And next thing you know, we're the ones in bondage. I don't know where they are. I don't, I don't, maybe what they did. I'm not sure, but I am, I am the one. I am the one. I, I am holding the offense. Many times, and I've seen this many times, where couples, one will be unfaithful to the other. Guilty. I mean, guilty. But somehow or another, the one who offends, the one who is wrong before man and God, through the trauma, finds humility, confession, forgiveness from God. But the offended party refuses to forgive. And before you know it, the one who was offended, I mean sinned against, the one that, that God was for, all of a sudden becomes the one who God has to fight against. All of a sudden, the one who did no harm now is offended and at odds with God simply because they will not forgive. And they live their life and they try to do all the normal things of life, but they have no ability to show affection. They have no ability to, to, to work through things of life. They'll even try to forget about it. It was their fault. And they never think about forgiving. Because there's something about forgiveness. Forgiveness, honestly, is a small thing that if you operate properly, if you, and you say, well, it, it's, it's very simple to forgive. Well, it's not always so simple to forgive. Sometimes it takes a little effort. Sometimes you have to really get in there. You know, sometimes you just, you, you just, you see, you're trying. You're trying to get free. You just, I, I can do it. I know I can. Maybe like this. I may have to oh, try something different. I'm not sure. But little by little, if I hang in there, something happens. It's not easy. Oh, it's so simple, just forgive. Or partially forgive. And then everything you try to do has got this thing just hanging on you. I'm free, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free, I'm free. But you're not free. You're not free until you are completely free you understand I mean completely free 
And until you're completely free, until you know that you know that you're free, you may live through things. You say, well, Pastor Van, you don't know. I, I don't have a debt. I don't have a car note. I don't have this. Well, let, me, let me just work you through the very difficult offenses. Let me help you work through being abused sexually. Like maybe some of you in this room right this very moment, you're suffering through that. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental torment. You need the 70 times 70. You need a supernatural move in your heart abandoned verbally, the drunk driver who killed your, your kid, the, the things that ride us hard. I'm talking about the hard stuff, folks. People are hung up on a little word that was said crosswise and somebody was just ignorant, didn't even know what they were saying and we live that way and we live in bondage over that. That's nothing. Come on now. But I'm telling you what, when your parents abandon you, when there are grave injustices done to you, My dad's dad was murdered. My grandfather was shot in the belly with a shotgun after he won a lot of money in a barroom gambling in a small town in central Louisiana. Everybody knew who killed him. Everybody in the town knew. Never was brought to justice. You gotta live with that stuff. You wonder why people have blisters on their feet and don't walk so straight. If you'll put their shoes on and walk one mile, you'll understand and everything changes. It's not just a three-step process. It may take months. Several years ago, I was deeply hurt. I mean, like I've never been hurt before in my whole life. I didn't think I could hurt that much. And the person who hurt me I prayed David's prayer and I, I meant it, it wasn't a joke. I didn't laugh, I said, I mean, we agreed together, kill this person. I'm just being honest. You say, well, I, I, you're a pastor, I'm a person, okay? We are people, we're people, man, we're people. And we prayed all that and then we prayed other things and prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I was mad and I was angry and I was hurt and I was, I, you know, I, I had issues I had to deal with because of that and, 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 and all this. And it wasn't until one night I had a dream about that person. It came from God. I knew it came from God. And you know what God showed me about that person? Didn't show me that he would judge the person. Didn't show me it wasn't any of that. God showed me how pitiful that person was. He just pulled back the shades and showed me how pitiful and in bondage and messed up that person was. And I woke up that morning and I had fully forgiven that person completely. Now, that was good. A dream from God, forgive, everything's fine. But the true test was what would I do the next time I was in the room with that person? because I was going to be in the room with that person. And the next time I was in the room with that person, I paid it forward. 
I just went up and I just put my hand out. And I shook the hand and spoke to the person that had wounded me deeper than any other person in my whole life since I've been alive to this day. And God did something. Hallelujah. God does something. God does it if we'll do it. Because Jesus, all the things he went through, the pain and the suffering physically, spiritually, mentally, I mean emotionally, socially, his friends left him, everybody, he's all alone. And yet he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because this thing of forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice, folks. Please don't, don't be thinking about, oh my, it's not a choice. Jesus said this, he says, if you will forgive those who have debt, I will forgive your debt. But if you do not forgive those who sin against you, I will not forgive you your sin. It's not optional. It's standard, essential to your well-being. He didn't say, well, you know, if you're a heathen and an unbeliever and you hate my guts, I'll not forgive you. He's talking to people who serve Jesus. And he said, release people or I will not have the ability to release you. So what do we do with this? How do we get started? This is how we get started, folks. And don't miss what I'm getting ready to tell you because you will need it. If you don't need it now, you will need it tomorrow or maybe next week. But you will need this. Number one, get Jesus involved today. Jesus is not involved in a lot of people's lives. Jesus is not involved. We have to pray about it, bring it to Jesus. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. If we don't know Jesus, we must come to Jesus, surrender our life and be born again. We have to come to Jesus. You cannot live with the offense and the unforgiveness that's eating away at your soul. You have to read the Bible and meditate and pray. You have to get the spirit of God on the inside of you working in you daily, moment by moment, God leading and working in your life. You have to get Jesus involved. Number two, you've got to make a decision to move in the direction of forgiveness. Look, I don't know where you're coming from. It may be horribly difficult for you. Even right now, it may seem impossible to you, but you've got to make at least one step toward, a decision even to make a step towards forgiveness. When you do that, the grace of God comes in and accomplishes things that seem impossible to you. And the third thing is you have to share your situation with a trusted friend or leader. See, because friends can help. Sometimes you can't get out of the bondage all by yourself and a friend can come along. And what seems so hard for you, that friend can help you. And with the help of a friend, you can be set free. You see, Fighting hard battles alone is difficult. Picking up heavy stuff by yourself is difficult, but when a friend comes along, things change. That's why we have small groups here. That's why we know, we're, we're, we, we understand, what are you gonna do in a big room like this? 
But we know that small groups where friendships are formed, where help comes from, we know that's what takes place. Seen it over and over again for over 20 years. Keeping things hidden doesn't give much hope for overcoming. It keeps you chained to the shame. If you're being abused right now, woman, man, boy, girl, if your daddy's touching you, if your uncle comes over and touches you and tells you not to tell, I want to tell you right now, in Jesus' name, you have to tell somebody you trust. You have to tell somebody that you trust. You've got to break the silence so you can come to a place where you're no longer chained to the shame. It's the occult. It's the way the enemy operates in darkness, in shadows. Keep it quiet with intimidation. Don't tell anybody I'll hurt you if you tell somebody. Don't tell anybody because people will think that you're the ugly, dirty one. Don't do that. And in fact, they're the ugly, dirty one that needs to be exposed. The enemy works in darkness, but Jesus works in the light. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Let's bow our heads together right now. Look at your life. The thing's right in front of you. Someone has offended you, it's right there. The moment we started speaking about forgiveness, that came to your mind. Came from your heart first. We must forgive. We must release get Jesus involved right now come on if you're in this room and you know Jesus you love him but there's something that's got you bound up I want you to take it to Jesus this very moment you know how to do that you cast your cares on him you forgive you call upon his grace you stir up the, the, the your heart and you simply say Lord God I forgive them I release them but then for some of you in this room, I want you to experience the forgiveness of Jesus for your own life and sin so that you will then be able to in the future to do that for others. But now this is about you. If you're sitting in this room right now and you say, Pastor Van, I'm, I'm here, but you, you know, I've got all kind of junk. Yeah, there's some people that have done things to me that I've been holding grudges and I, I've been, I, all these things are heavy on me. You know, that's a debt that somebody owes to you, but let's put that on the side for just a moment and let's look at the debt that you owe for your sin. All the thoughts, all the things, all the motivations that were incorrect, all the falling short of God's perfect standards has got a weight on you of sin. Jesus wants to take that weight off of you. He wants to unlock the chains that have you in bondage. And the way you do this is you simply humble yourself before God. You confess your need for Him. You profess your faith in Him. The best way you know how, Lord, I believe you died for my sins on a cross and that you rose from the dead again. Because when Jesus uttered those words on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was talking about you and me. So let me help you come to Jesus. That's all I am, it's just a help. If you're in this room right now where every head is bowed and every eye is closed, 
you say, Pastor Van, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to live for him. I, I want a new start in Christ today. I need Jesus involved in my life, first of all, because I need forgiveness. If that's you, just shoot your hand up. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. We're not going to make you go anywhere. Just come on. That's right. Hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on. Hand over here. Thank you so much. Come on. Yes. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for being so real. Yes, ma'am. Over here. Thank you for being real. Anybody else? You haven't raised your hand. Just shoot it up high. Come on. Just that's right. Come on. Just shoot it up high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Different people coming to Jesus. Father, I pray for these that just raised their hand. And even for those who are timid, who are just sitting there, but yet, God, you've already called their name out. Would you touch them and bless them? Come on now, you that just raised your hand, you that are opening your heart up to God, let's just pray together right now. Come on, get along and just pray with me right now. Just say, Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you. Come on, I thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Tell him that. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I confess right now that I need forgiveness from you for who I am, what I have done, what I have been. That's right, you're just telling him that your heart is open. And now, Lord, I receive that forgiveness. I receive the forgiveness. And I thank you for coming into my life. That's right, tell him, tell him, just come on in my life, Lord. I'm inviting you in. I don't know you well, but I wanna get to know you better. Come live inside of me. Come on, Lord God, change me. Make me a different person. I receive salvation right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. Come on, Pastor Jordan. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God. So we'd love to help you with your next steps. If you'll go to northwood.tv slash connect and fill out the information, our lead pastor, Van DeCody, wants to send you a letter that tells you some steps to take in order to maintain your new relationship with God. We'll also give you some information about Northwood Church. We are one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and Long Beach. If you live in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv slash locations, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give. You can give a one-time donation, or you can sign up for our online community called MyNC and set up a recurring gift. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you next time.